Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, Sandy Max is here. Greg Matzik is at spring training in Arizona. Debbie Lazaga has your roads. Adam Roberts producing the show this afternoon. So earlier today, we had U.S. Congressman Mike Gallagher on the show exclusively talking about the first select hearing on China, which he will uh, be the guy in charge of tonight in prime time. Talked about Taiwan. He's just back from a trip to Taiwan and talked about the importance of getting weapons to Taiwan and building a sufficient economy there. I just wanted to have more candid discussions with um, uh, my counterparts in Taiwan, and I was fortunate enough to meet with the president, the vice president, the minister of defense, the national security advisor, the head of their intel community. And really my big takeaway was that we're not moving fast enough to deliver the weapons that they purchased from us. Uh, there's a backlog totaling $19 billion. And if we want to avoid a war in Taiwan, if we want to avoid a similar collapse of deterrence like that we saw in Ukraine, we just have to be moving faster to deliver these weapons systems. The second thing is we really have a deficient economic strategy. The Taiwanese want a free trade agreement with us. We're just not making progress on that. There's some double taxation issues that we could fix that would stimulate Taiwanese investment in the United States. And Taiwan definitely wants to uh, make money. Mm-hmm. They even want to give you some money. Have you ever <laughs> been to Taiwan, John, Never, in all no. of your travels? No, I have not. Or well, China. This fabulous East Asian island. <laughs> Is had, now my time to go? Well, it might be. It had almost a million visitors last year. Almost. But they want about six million this year. Whoa. And ten million next year. And they are willing to pay you to come visit Taiwan. Really? Yes. Okay. What are we talking? <laughs> well... Am I going to get rich? No, no. <laughs> if you're an individual traveling there, you could get $166 upon arriving. But okay. think about it, that's a hotel night or maybe True. an excursion that you yeah. wouldn't have done Couple otherwise. Meals. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, if you're traveling in a group, you can get $667. All right. So for a family, say, 667 But you can't do it all at once. The money's going to be given out through multiple tourism promotion events throughout the year. So maybe there'll be a fun music festival or something that... You could go to or an architecture tour to see the big Taipei 101 Wait, skyscraper. Wait, so I don't get a check for just the dollar amount? No, no. That is, they're, they're unclear on how you can apply for it and exactly how you're going to get paid. <laughs> but, uh, but that is their, that's their interest. But, you know, I mean, we've seen other places, like, remember in Italy where, yeah. like, you can have a free home if you just move to this exactly. small yep. city. Yep, for $1, you can buy a castle and, yeah. Yeah, in Malta or something. So, like, yeah. that's it's happened that way, but, you know, in around the country. So, Taiwan does want you to visit, but I don't know, based on <laughs> what we just heard politically, hmm. that this is not a fabulous time to go. No, let me think. Um, Italy... Where they'll give me a castle for a dollar, yeah. or Taiwan, where they might pay me $166. Or that scary story about Peru. Remember, it's the people who were stuck in Machu Picchu? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because of the government. They, they overthrew the government there. They were stuck in Machu Picchu. That would not be... And they didn't get paid anything. No, no, They're no. They're just stuck. And then you've also got Venice. On the complete flip side, Venice is now charging people to come because of the cleanup after tourists being there and yeah. that sort of thing. There are other countries that are considering charging tourists to come instead of We just of named like eight places, and Taiwan would definitely be at the bottom of the list, <laughs> right? I mean, with the uncertainty in the world, there's no way I'm going it's to It's more Taiwan. the uncertainty, yeah. They would have to pay me starting at, I'm not exaggerating, they would have to start at like $10,000 for me to even think about it. Well, that's that's even more than a free trip and staying at a four-star hotel. <laughs> right. But you're taking your life in your own hands, yeah. I feel like. Indeed. It is 513 at WTMJ. Greg is at spring training. We check in with Grego up next.
infielder Mike Brousseau hit his first homer of the spring in the Brewers' 10-4 win over the Royals yesterday. But Brousseau's first hit of the spring won't appear in any box score. If you ever want an up-close and personal experience with your favorite member of the Brewers, spring training is the place to be. Conversations, autographs, players are pretty much open to anything, including having a starring role in a gender reveal. Wait, what? We had this trip planned. I thought, what the heck, we'll see if we can get a baseball filled with some powder and make it happen. Visiting spring training from Hudson, Wisconsin, Elliot and Chelsea Jensen, along with young son Ezra, had an idea and were in the right place at the right time. Craig Council literally walked right past me and I went out on a limb and asked him if he thought anybody could help us out with the gender reveal and he kind of said, uh, yeah, you know, you just got to ask him. I'm sure someone will help you out. That someone was Brewers infielder Mike Brasso. That's what makes baseball a little bit special to uh, not only play a kid sport, but to kind of have that you know kid mentality and, and just togetherness, honestly, um, bring people together. Step one in the process was getting the paper mache baseball full of blue powder from Minneapolis to Arizona in one piece. I packed it in our suitcase, um, bubble wrap and, and clothes, and we checked it, and, and we were pretty nervous because I didn't know if something like that would explode. Or... On Sunday, it was time to find out what was inside that ball. Is this thing going to explode right out of it? All right, let's do it. <laughs> it's a boy. We called it. We called it. I mean, he seemed more excited than we were at first, and he just was such a, I mean, kind, genuine, just caring guy. I called my shot. I don't know if the video, if the video caught that one or not, but I did call it. And, I, and he threw a good pitch in there, elevated a little bit, see a high, let it fly. As the blue powder dissipated in the sun-drenched Arizona atmosphere, the Jensens shared a special family moment with their new favorite player. It seemed like you could just kind of tell that he just really wanted to make the fans experience as good as it could be. Feels like he could be my best friend almost. <laughs> as for honoring Mike for his role in the reveal, well, perhaps naming rights are in order. At least the middle name. I think we're, yeah. I think we're pretty much sold on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, we're, we were going to probably do Michael before all this happened just because it's my little name with my dad and stuff. In roughly six months, the Jensen's hope to meet up with Mike again as a family of four. It's going to be cool. I, I can't wait to go to a game someday show them what happened, you know. With the Brewers in Arizona, Greg Matzik, WTMJ Sports. I love spring training. Let's check in live with Greg Matzik. Who is in Arizona? Grego, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm, it's just me and the grounds crew. We've reached that point of the day where everybody is gone except me and some leaf blowers and guys raking up the turf a little bit and getting the mound ready for the next game. I love that. So today's game went so fast, and you're out there and uh, kind of spying that this has become kind of how spring has been going, right? Yeah, so this is the thing. So it, just to kind of give you an idea what's going on, if you're in center field looking at home plate, you'll see a pitch clock just off to, I guess, the back wall uh, off to the side of home plate. So mm-hmm. that's what the pitchers see. They've got a clock. There's somebody who controls the clock in the press box. So you'll hear a series of beeps that, that go on and off, click on and off to start the clock, to stop the clock, to reset the clock. And the pitchers have an eye on this as they're competing their pitch process. So it, it, it is a noticeable speed up in the action. Pitchers back on the mound in the snap of a finger. The batter does, doesn't really step out of the box. And you're getting through these games a little bit faster. Two hours, 23 minutes going into today, the average length of a spring training game. And today was two hours, 11 minutes. 
uh, in a game that was six to three. So there was some action wow. in today's game. Yeah, not a lot of stoppages, not a lot of you know pitchers being pulled mid inning. Right, regular season games will be longer. Uh, but I think baseball is seeing what they want to see here so far in the Cactus League and Grapefruit League. So I'm really intrigued by the pickoff part of this. So I want to make sure I understand this right. In each half inning, each team can only throw over to first base two times unless in the ones that come after the second one, they get an out. Is that right? Yeah, and then I, I think the, the rules with uh, relievers and starters at different times of the game will, will yield some uh, you know, different opportunities there. But, yes, there are limitations in how you can hold a runner. So that's something that Craig Council said he's working on this year. We talk about all the changes, but you're going to see an uptick in stolen bases. Right, because for sure. There's going to be limited opportunities to get picked off. So that's one thing Craig Council said their pitchers can control is you know, the speed with which the ball is received in the hands of a pitcher and delivered to the batter. Uh, but that's got to be a process, and they've got stopwatches out clocking all this stuff. They know how it takes, how long it takes an average runner to get from point A to point B and stealing a base. So I, the pitchers are going to have a, a big role to play, but you're going to see a lot more action on the base pass this year. What have the fans been reacting like so far? Do they seem into this? Do they seem confused? I would think a casual baseball fan watched today's game and said, this is great. I'm home for dinner, right? Just maybe get the kids from school. Like it was, <laughs> it was a quick, it was a brisk, a quick-moving game that did have action. I think traditional baseball fans probably look at two, two hours, 11 minutes, and say that was way too fast. It is fast. Uh, but you're always, in my opinion, you're always turning your head like, whoa, no, there's something going on here. And if there's action on the field, you're inclined to watch it. It I, seems great. Getting what they want out of it. It this. seems like it's going to settle somewhere in the middle. Most regular season games are not going to be two hours and ten minutes. But if it's 2.30, if it's 2.35 or 40 rather than 3, maybe that's where it lands and that's a good thing. Well, I think that's right, and I do think the longer games will likely have a little more action yeah. in it. Or, you know, pitching changes that y- you might expect to see because the game is close and late. It's 2-1, to one, it's 4-3, to three, and you're just trying to preserve a win. Um, you know, I-, I think those are things that could lengthen a game, but it's a game you're probably excited about and, and really into at that juncture of the game where those changes are being made. Won't there be more offense because the shift is going away also? Potentially. I, I could see it both ways, right? I, I think I, I think to you know, lefties that typically pull the ball, I think about guys like Rowdy Telez, I think about guys like Travis Shaw back in the day or Mike Moustakis. They were pretty pull heavy and they hit right into the teeth of a shift and, and recorded outs, but I'm not sure about that just yet. We'll see. I think logic would say that you know batting average might go up for some lefties especially. Um, but we'll see, right? There's still defense to be played. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, so what do you see out there right now? Look out on the field, kind of kind of paint the picture of what Greg Matzik's looking at in sunny Phoenix. So, well, it's partly sunny Phoenix today. Clouds <laughs> rolled in. It's uh, I'm looking at uh, patchy clouds uh, covering the area, those high, fluffy clouds over the stadium right now. Like the Simpsons the clouds? Shining. It looks like that's a very good description. The Simpsons clouds are, are cascading <laughs> over the greater Phoenix area right now. Temperature is about 58 degrees. There are some uh, folks on the motorized carts driving around the warning track that's part of the ground screw here. Uh, there's a hose dragged out to the sprinkler system. At the pitcher's mound, which is covered in a tarp, the Brewer's Ball and Glove logo is behind home plate, still looking very vibrant with its blue and yellow piping. Mm-hmm. A handful of people in the stands right now just sort of cleaning things up, sweeping, leaf-blowing, 
peanut wrappers and beer cups being put into garbage cans and garbage bags. I would say there's less than a dozen people in the stadium right now, and I'm one of those people. What's for dinner tonight? Yeah, good question. Uh, I'm going to meet up with Dom Catronio of Brewers oh, nice. Extra Innings and uh, former Brewers All-Star Jeff Cirillo. So we're going to grab dinner tonight oh, nice. as uh, he's in town for an autograph signing. So we're going to grab dinner That's somewhere fun. in Scottsdale together. Good stuff. That's super. We're jealous. Yeah. It's fun. I could take you a picture of my food and send it to you. Oh, we'd like, like that. that I'd rather have a picture of you and Dom and Jeff Cirillo, <laughs> candidly. Okay. What, what, what kind of conversation, like, what's your first question to Jeff Cirillo? So I, I want to tell him a story. I want to tell him a story about Curtis Liskanik. Do you guys remember that name? Yes. He was a relief pitcher, and he had a bit of a screw loose. He played <laughs> in uh, some of those teams in the, in the early 2000s. So there was a day he came into a bar that I was working at. It was Labor Day. And he was injured, so Curtis wasn't traveling with the team. And the Brewers got absolutely destroyed by the Cubs that day. It was awful. It was like 16-4. to 4. So we're in watching highlights on SportsCenter. It's a Monday night. And Curtis asks me to, to turn up the volume because Brewers highlights were on SportsCenter. And he's squinting at the TV, he's staring at it. And he said, who, who is that pitching today? Who got roughed up? And I said, it's, it's Wayne Franklin. And he said, Wayne Franklin? I'm like, yeah, he's Wayne Franklin. He's the guy you got in the, in the Mark Loretta trade. And he says, we traded Loretta? He had no idea <laughs> that the Brewers' best hitter had been traded the week prior, because Curtis wasn't traveling. Jeff Cirillo oh. was on that team, so I want to ask Rillo about that and share some stories. What a crazy story. All right, Grego, we'll catch up with you in a couple minutes here. Greg Matzik in Arizona. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Meteorologist Brian Nisnansky is with us. What a wet day yesterday, Niz. Yeah, that was nuts. Uh, yesterday, and we got treated with a... Very nice late winter day today. That felt yeah. good this afternoon, guys. Yeah, it did. Sun was out a little bit. It was pretty mild, upper 40s. Yeah, yeah we'll take it. Uh, you know what's kind of amazing is is um, even after you know some mild temperatures and you know over two inches of rain, we still have some of that sleet snow yeah. still sticking around. That shows you how like dense yep. that stuff was, how much content that had you know the this time of year you could get like five inches of fluff and like a 30 degree and sunny day will like wipe that out in no time so this stuff has some 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 stuff to it for sure Niz, my sump pump has been going pretty much non-stop oh yeah so that's I, scary bless it bless mm-hmm. that machine and all that it is doing yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah this has been I, dense my place in um that i live up in grafton thankfully is a little bit one of the higher spots in the neighborhood so i do okay but i used to live in a spot um that was pretty close to the milwaukee river in glendale before that and this time of year man i mean it, it would go so fast and i would think like okay finally i caved in i got a, one of those backup ones like yeah. that would kick in um if oh, it was yeah. doing overdrive just gave me a little bit more peace of mind but yeah i hear you um, it's it's overdrive for those things. I know it's only Tuesday, but we're all already kind of looking to you to wonder what Friday's likely to look like. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. You know, I I this Friday definitely has some really it has some good snow potential to it. Um, just going to use the caution language for now because these systems, when you start talking about them two three days in advance, they take kind of a life of their own. Um, but yes. Um, I think Friday has um, some very good likelihood that you know much of southeastern Wisconsin is going to be shoveling uh, during the day on Friday. Um, right now, it looks like your standard winter storm. It goes through the panhandle of Oklahoma, the center of the low tracks across St. Louis, and then eventually.
eventually into central Illinois. If it takes that track, we would be, again, seeing a big winter storm here in southeastern Wisconsin. Pretty good model consensus with this one as well. So definitely something that Friday is the day uh, to plan for. Maybe, I, I don't want to... You know, well, I'll just say it. I mean, plan for the potential yeah. for snow day, plan for potential for, you know, bad road conditions. Friday will be that day. Hey, I want to ask you about another thing. A listener texted us a picture. It's a graphic from the National Weather Service that appears to show that March, a lot of March from the temperature standpoint, could be well below average temperatures for, for the Midwest, including Milwaukee. Okay, it's it's definitely possible. Now, if uh, again, there's a lot of things that can change with this stuff, so it's hard to like really go that that far in advance. There are a few things we can look at: um, upper air patterns, things called Arctic oscillations, which basically you time out plunges of cold air from like the Arctic. Mm-hmm. So th- it does look like we do get a couple of those shots um, in March. So. I mean, things could definitely still change, but if I had to put my money on it, I think we're looking at a more winter month than a spring month uh, for the month of March. But who knows? That's also been the trend. I mean, we, we, yeah. we've been talking how, yeah. many, how many years now where we don't get much winter up through Christmas, and then we get socked in March and yep. April. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised again. All right. Uh, quickly, I guess we got a couple seconds. Lead yeah. us through uh, beginning tonight and is what the next five there- days look like couple little minor systems before the bigger one on Friday. We get one tonight. Could give us a few rain and snow showers. It'll be a mix here in Milwaukee. North of Milwaukee could see a dusting of snow. Not a big deal. 34 tonight. 50 again tomorrow. Then we could see another rain and snow shower action tomorrow night. Thursday, partly cloudy. Snow likely Friday. And then Saturday, partly cloudy and 38 degrees. All right. We'll catch up again tomorrow, Niz. All right, I'll have a good update for you on Friday coming up. Sounds good. It's 543 at WTMJ. All right, let's bring in our friend Zora Stevenson, Valley Sports Wisconsin. You see her on Bucks Broadcast. Zora, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Not a problem. I tried to find the quietest spot in the Barclays Center to do this interview, so hopefully you can hear me all right. And where is it? Where are you crouching? Yeah, in the... Coach Bud interview room, but see now somebody is walking in, so it's about to get loud. But um, <laughs> yeah, where Coach Bud does his pre and post game press conferences. Hey, about this uh, this win streak, it's been phenomenal. They've had another long one to start the season. What has impressed you the most about the Bucks during this fifteen game stretch? Fourteen, about to, hopefully 15. fourteen. Yes, yeah, excuse me, you're right. <laughs> you're yeah, optimistic. Hopefully optimistic. Tonight, yeah, what's impressed you the most? As, as it should be. Yeah, I, I just think. The different changes that they've had within the streak. For example, uh, Chris had to miss the last game before the All-Star break. Pat Connaughton missed a couple of games. Chris is still coming off the bench, mind you, right? Hasn't started a game yet since he came back from, from the knee soreness. Giannis has missed a game. And they added pieces, too. Like You, you went through the trade deadline during this streak. Um, so, you know, George Hill and, and Jordan Wara left and you brought in Jay Crowder. Then after that, you brought in Myers Leonard. And so through all these different versions of the team, the group has been able to continue to get wins. And it's not necessarily like the, the, I love the win streak. It's fun. It's so great to say 14 wins in a row, but for the guys, it's more so how they're playing. And, and they really, really like how they're playing right now. Uh, it's just such a, such a good group of guys to watch. Oh, and also during the win streak, right? Like Bobby Portis was out for most of it. And then he comes back. And I think it's impressive that even – Sometimes when a when a guy, especially a guy like Bobby, who has such a skill set offensively, comes back, they want to try to get into a rhythm, and sometimes it can throw things off. Hasn't done that. There's just so many things to be uh, encouraged about through this win streak. All I love what they share the load. So I'm glad you were able to illustrate that and and yeah. highlight the different players. Now we're getting to be 15. 
And there are just a couple of silly numbers that go with 15, like the quinceañera. I got I to gotta think that the guys aren't necessarily that. embracing that idea, but it could be fun. No. Yeah. I, well, you know, the last time they had a streak this long, it was the 2019-2020 season around like it was like November into December where mm-hmm. they had 18 wins in a row. And at that time, Chris Middleton, he's the one I kind of stole it from. He said, hey, the win streak is legal. Like, it's, it's an adult. So um, I, I like the quinceanera where you're getting to, to 15. Uh, then the Street 16, obviously. You know, you just want to have, have some fun with it. So I'm hoping they can get to that, that 18 or even the 21, right? That would, that would be crazy. But obviously, bigger picture in mind, but we can have fun, fun along the way. We love momentum. Right, right. Yeah, let's momentum's go. a real thing. It's definitely real. Some coaches eschew that. I've heard some coaches do it. Do you think the players, do you think Mike Budenholzer believes in momentum that the team is, like, riding this crazy wave right now? I think momentum is, is always good, and it's even better when it's at the right time. And we're talking about less than 25 games left in this regular season, and to be gaining momentum at this point is, is really, really good. But, I mean, you talked anyway, health is the most important thing. That's, I mean, this team just needs to have all of its pieces together. They're such a good basketball team, so um, it, it's keeping this group healthy leading into the playoffs. Is anybody talking trash about Giannis's trash talking last night on TV on the Daily <laughs> Show? He's so unconvincing. Uh, we've seen right, the mean right, mug, right. but he doesn't deliver when he's trying to insult other players. Right, he's bad at the trash talk. No, not yet, but depending on how this game goes, that might be a, a post-game situation. But uh, really cool for Giannis to, to have that opportunity. And, you know, what I think is so great is he just always stays to who he is. Like, you know, the, the comedian gave him a script to read, and even then, you could tell it just wasn't natural, him, like, <laughs> saying, you know, negative things about somebody. So Yeah, go to Burger uh, King. Great yeah. segment. Yeah, it was, it was so I, – I will say my favorite – you know, joke out of all of them was, was the KD one. And I say that with the utmost respect for Kevin Durant, but I, I thought it was a, a great line. So written by the comedian there. So Zora, onto the Nets. I mean, who would have thought they had championship aspirations? I mean, they had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie. And now I can't believe anybody yeah. would pay to go see the guys that they have on the court. And just like, it was like a snap of the fingers. Yeah. And, you know, pregame, Jean-Paul, who's the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets, said there's still so much transition and, and some of the guys that they've brought in, you know, like the Mikhail Bridges from Phoenix is still in, or Cam Johnson are still in like Phoenix mode. And I think this is, this always happens when you have transition um, and, and not picking up on the sets or, or the defensive scheme. So they're very much a team that's trying to figure out, he said he's even like giving guys extra playing time because he has, mm-hmm. has never worked with them before. And he's trying to see what they can do on the court. So a much different situation than the Bucks are in. But, but these are the teams you really have to make sure that you're locked in against because they play hard, and you're not necessarily going to know what they're doing on the floor because they're just out there playing basketball. They're just super nothing to lose, right? And, and so these are the games that you really have to focus on. A game against the Suns on a Sunday afternoon on ABC is easy to get up for. These games yep. are the ones you got to make sure your mind is right. So Zora, news this week that the Bucks, one of the Bucks owners may sell his 25%. I don't, I'm not going to ask anything about that, but rather a broader question. Do things like that impact the players? Do they talk about it? Do they think about it? I mean, it's easy to say, no, they focus on the game and what they can control. But does that enter into conversation? I think it's player to player, depending on the relationship that you may have with ownership. And, and every player is different, right? Some of them, 
you know, have bonded over the years or, or gotten to know various owners. One, because they've maybe been in a city for a while um, or, or the type of player that they are. I think it's nice know that the big marquee guys better than they know maybe the two ways, right? So I think all that depends on who you are, what position you're in. And at the end of the day, players do know that when, when contracts wrap up or you're renegotiating something, the GM is the one that has the hand in it, but the owners have to sign off on it, right? Um, and, and, and so um, I think the answer is probably different depending on who you're talking to. But I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, in any situation, uh, if there's a ownership change or adjustment that guys are aware, guys in the locker room are aware, and maybe want to stay up to speed. Because um, one could argue that it'll, you know, you feel it more from a player perspective than someone like me, right? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, you're, you're, you're a day-to-day employee. But I think it all depends on the situation. This is a portion of the team versus the, the main, you know, if there's like one, you know, owner of a team, it's completely different when it's, you know, one of four majority yep. owners with the Bucks or something. Yep, like that's that. a really good point, too. Uh, the Bucks, Zora Stevenson, have a great call tonight, Zora. Thank you so much for being with us. Not a problem. Have a good one. Uh, I want to remind you tomorrow we've got a very special broadcast day beginning at 8 a.m. It's WTMJ Conversations 2023, Annex Wealth Management presenting, sponsored by Smart Spaces. The governor's going to be here. Robin Voss is going to be here. Uh, Cavalier Johnson and his wife are going to be here. Peter Fagan and Mark Cass in the studio together. We'll talk reckless driving. All sorts of things. Special day of programming begins at 8 o'clock tomorrow and runs all throughout the day, including through our show. Check it out. WTMJ Conversations 2023 presented by Annex Wealth Management.